3: to start listening
5: you're listening to fox sports radio Radio. Radio.
3: if you
6: love the ncaa tournament i've got good news for you if you love the nfl I've got even better news for you. You pick the right place to be right here on Fox Sports Radio on this Sunday. Wall-to-wall coverage of not only what is happening in the big dance, what's going on today, but also of what's happening with the madness in the National Football League. As today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on Earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Crew is all here. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Ohio State had a second-half effort to try to get close to Villanova, pulled within a bucket, but now the Wildcats kind of separating themselves. About a minute to go. You heard David Gascon now an eight-point game. Villanova in the lead in that game. Winner of this one gets Michigan in the Sweet 16 on Thursday. Has the tournament satisfied your appetite for March Madness so far, George Reister? Yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Exactly.
7: I and i had been saying it. I said that the, we were going to have a renaissance season. That we were going to have one of those seasons that, you know, that there were a lot of upsets, mm-hmm. big time. The only thing that we haven't seen yet that I predicted would would, would be a um would, would would be a couple of game-winning shots. Like yeah. like like buzzer beaters, and, and now while while we haven't seen very, any game-winning shots, we still have seen a lot of shots, like a lot of teams making big shots, like huge shots and making their, their way through the tournament, and we've seen, you know, we have a Cinderella story, actually more than one Cinderella story in terms of double-digit seeds, so I'm loving what we're getting, and this is
6: what I expected. We know Saint Peter's is the Cinderella story. Do you consider Michigan the a Cinderella story? I mean,
7: tech technically they are a double-digit seed. I mean, was oh, okay. I'll, quick, I'll a- have you answer this question. Was UCLA a Cinderella story last year? I, I don't think so because ucla can't be a cinderella story yes correct, like, and and neither can michigan be a true cinderella story i mean they, you have two of the most storied basketball <laughs> programs in the in the country yeah there's there is absolutely
6: no cinderella possibility to that None. And michigan michigan brings up a, a, a conversation that i wanted to have with you and i also wanted to Get the input with the guys uh, Ryan Bershing, our executive producer, uh, Iowa Sam, our technical producer, and David Gascon at the news desk. Uh, those guys want to perk up the ears, but I ask you this, George, because Michigan was an 11 seed. Michigan was a team that we wondered, should they be in the NCAA tournament? Notre Dame's going to play Texas Tech later on today. They were a bubble team, so much so they had to play in the first four games in uh, in Dayton on Wednesday. So those teams, Iowa State, an 11 seed has the opportunity to go to the Sweet 16 with a victory today over Wisconsin. Another team that was maybe one of the final at-large picks in. Does win. Winning a game in the NCAA tournament for a team like that, that I just mentioned, like a Michigan, like a Notre Dame that were on the bubble, does that validate that they should be in the tournament or not? Do you feel like Michigan winning their first round game over Colorado State and then even beating Tennessee, does that prove to the committee and prove to everyone, see, we should have been in the field?
7: Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, if you go out there and you go get smoked in the first round, then you're gonna have all the Texas A&M people saying, "Oh, we should have been in," you know, Oregon no. people or whoever else. You know, we should have been in the tournament. No, and, and and it's just like, and it works the same way for those teams that cried and those people that cried about seating. Our team, Tennessee, should be a two seed we maybe even a one seed like we're so the committee just did us so dirty i've consistently said dan shut up and win games because seeding i'm a person that believes that seeding is not as big of a deal as people think because styles make fights and sometimes you may get a bad matchup even as a better seed Kentucky drew a really bad matchup with a really good good seed. Now, I bet you Kentucky would have rather played Longwood and then
6: Michigan mm-hmm. than play St. Saint, Saint Peter's, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, especially now. <laughs> at least Longwood, at least for that case, for what St. Peter's did to Kentucky. Exactly. See, see I, I, I think that you're saying something that I understand what you're saying, and I think that to some it makes sense. But my whole argument would be this. That even winning a game in the NCAA tournament doesn't change the fact that your regular season resume would was not sufficient enough to be in the dance. Like we have, we have bubble teams and teams like should they be in and should not should they not be in. And honestly, I didn't think Michigan was going to get in. They were seventeen and fourteen. At no point this season did they have uh, a winning streak longer than three games. I just Rutgers didn't think Rutgers got in though too. Yeah, Rutgers ends up getting in and gets into the uh, you know into the first four games as well. But when Michigan beats Colorado State, everybody says, "See, Michigan, Michigan deserved to be in." what just because no, they no, won no, one no, game
7: no 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 like no the- no see it was it's not the one game for for me it's that second game of beating tennessee that just that that's what allows you to shut up all the critics it's, it's it, it it and a game against colorado state is not going to shut them up not not it not, not at all because colorado state's not a name brand team like if you beat yeah, you know Michigan you was
6: favored yeah too.
7: exactly yeah yeah, if you beat you know, uh Yukon in the first round Arkansas, you know, Duke, you know, who Ohio State even even though it would have only been a 7 seed, like still it's still one of those things to where the the name brand does matter. I mean, there are some some people that are discounting St. Peter's second win. They're like, "Oh, see, look, they they only had to play Murray State." But Merseys a damn good basketball team, but people don't give them the same credit because we
6: tend to default to brand names. See, I look at Iowa's situation, and I'm going to ask Iowa Sam a second his thoughts, and the other guys as well on this whole thing. Waiter, waiter, you asking him about Iowa's men or Iowa's women? <laughs> boy, that's some salt into the wounds right there. It's a tough day. It's a tough weekend to be a Hawkeye fan. Uh, that is, <laughs> that got is that right. a- absolutely sh- uh, for sure. I watched the, point- the
7: women's game, the whole thing. That was brutal. That uh, was brutal. That was a hard I mean,
6: loss. Yes, it was, George. I, I they lost by two to Creighton today. So Creighton onto the Sweet Sixteen in the women's bracket over the second seed at Iowa Hawkeyes. I bring up Iowa and I'll, Sam. I'll, I'll let you have your piece. My whole point is this on misseeding because I think this is a part of it. Iowa shouldn't have maybe had to have played Richmond if they would have gotten the seating right. Maybe Iowa should have been the team playing Longwood considering what Iowa did uh, at the end of the season or what they did in the Big Ten tournament. And so, like, the outcome doesn't – like, Iowa losing in the first round doesn't mean, like, see, they deserve a five seed or see, they shouldn't have been in the tournament. And that's why no. I just don't think that outcomes matter because it's solely – relies on the regular season. Your resume is what your resume is, and no matter what you do in the tour- tournament, doesn't either strengthen or weaken your argument for actually for what you do in the tournament. It, it's what you Whoa. did from November until the day before, the day of Selection Sunday, and that's it. So Michigan could go on the Cinderella run, even though they're not a Cinderella, as George said, and I still don't think they should have been in the tournament based on their resume, despite them winning games, because we're talking about their resume
7: well one of the things that that i think we have to pay attention to dan is just the fact that that the margins are continuing to to thin between you know a kid at villanova and a kid at st st peters because i got a chance to interview shaheen holloway this week um after they upset kentucky and he said, man, that, that that he thought that some of his kids that they believed that they should be at Kentucky, that that. And now after being going through the recruiting game with my with my son, who's 16, who's a sophomore. Like I understand how so many times kids can get missed or passed by because they may not have the resources, the access or somebody to. You know, to like get them in front Mm -hmm. of the right people because they don't know the the path to go or the path to take. So that's why you find so many kids who where where you're like, how the hell did where the hell did this kid come from? How did how did he get missed? Or they're late bloomer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John John Morant, perfect example. And so so I think that you have to really look at the tournament now that. There are no foregone conclusions. Even Gonzaga got pushed for for 25 minutes in their first round game because the margins, then are mm-hmm. so much thinner between the quote-unquote elite teams and even the non-power six or seven or eight, however many there
6: are in yeah. basketball. I would agree with that. Iowa Sam, what do you think? Do you think Michigan validated their run? Notre Dame validated their inclusion by their wins or not? Notre Dame got to win again, though.
8: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind of like the uh, college football debate, like who deserves to get into the playoff. Like, are you going to sell tickets? Um, are you or did you earn it based on your season's worth of work, or are you a blockbuster kind of draw? Um, I think that Michigan, having gone eleven and nine, I believe that was their record in conference, earned them just enough to get into the tournament. And um, Notre Dame had, I think, twenty three wins before the NCAA tournament started, or twenty two. And to me, that's enough uh, to get in, and, and they play a type of – so, yeah, it, it, just because so, – but, but whether their resume the, – yeah. Their resume aside, does them winning
6: a game say, like, okay, Michigan should have been in or not? But them beating Colorado State on Thursday in the first game of the tournament, did that prove that Michigan belonged to the NCAA tournament?
8: I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that it, they had just enough to get in, and then it, they're proving that they're a viable competitive team.
6: And I think to, that's yeah. and I think that's I know that's what George is saying as well, and maybe Notre Dame has to prove their case a little bit more. But that's where like I'm on the opposite of it, where it has nothing to do with what happens actually in in this field. What it does is it it is everything about the regular season. Ryan Bershinger is our executive producer. Whose side are you on in this? Yep. Does Michigan's win validate their? Spot in the tournament,
9: yeah, Dan. I'm actually, I agree with you. I agree with your point because I think that this is a an argument that we see in all sports, really. For example, uh, MVP voting in the NFL, right? Like. You, the the MVP voting is done after the regular season, so anything that players do in the postseason doesn't make a difference as to whether or not they're MVP. So you can't take away mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' MVP season because they didn't perform well in the postseason. So uh, when it comes to the actual selection process, we sat here last Sunday and both both you and Aaron agreed like uh, Richmond's win of the Atlantic 10 tournament should have, in essence, kicked Michigan out. Um, and uh, the fact that they even got a seed that they didn't get one of the first four was a, was a huge surprise. So, uh, no, I, I think that, unfortunately, in hindsight, because of the way that they've played, I mean, they ran into Colorado State, who just didn't play that well in that game, but beating a team, Tennessee's played as well as anybody over the last couple weeks, so that is an incredibly impressive win, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Michigan, but I agree with your point, Dan, and the fact that, uh, what you do in the tournament, you you can't go back and say, oh well, well then obviously they did belong because they did this in the tournament. No, the selection yeah. process is done for a reason, and there's certain criteria that has to be met. So, uh, you know, you can't kind of flip back and forth over that deadline and and say that one thing is then because of the other.
6: Sam has got yeah. one more point before George responds. Yeah, ahead, Sam.
8: Well, I'm looking at Notre Dame, and you know, I know that people looked at the ACC this year and they're like it's not as strong as it's been in other years. Notre Dame finished second in the ACC with North Carolina <laughs> at 15 and 5. If you're going 15 and 5 in the ACC, you should be in the NCAA tournament. It's kind of hard to believe they actually in the first four game going 15 and 5 in 23 and 10. I mean, yeah, Notre Dame should have well, been in. They earned it in the regular season and they're earning it now.
7: Well, and the other thing is too is that I mean, there was already shocked by a lot of people that the Big 10 got nine teams in you're like nine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and how many B- Big Ten teams are left? How many Big Ten teams are moving on to the Sweet 16? As of now, we have... Wisconsin
6: eight. and Purdue still have to play today. Okay, Michigan so they has don't moved count yet. Yes. Michigan so has moved on and Michigan State plays later on today as okay, well.
7: Okay, so you have one. So you have one mm-hmm. so far. And you could have a maximum of... Yeah, yeah. So you could end up with one, and you got nine teams in. I do think that that you know that that does say something when when you look at the amount of teams that the SEC and Big Ten got in, and they just don't move on at the at, at, at the level. We talk about all this regular season, but then when it comes down to to to, to winning time,
6: they're not getting it done. I I just I think your point, George, about styles make fights is so important in all of this because if you get the wrong matchup you get burned right i I mean right like if you play like the if like you know what this team is just an ugly matchup and listen nobody is immune from that i don't know maybe gonzaga's immune i'm not sure but really nobody is immune from getting that matchup that you know what this could be a little bit more troublesome from that and just because of that you know who always has a bad matchup though
9: tennessee Who?
6: Yeah, Rick Rick Barnes Rick always Barnes. has a bad <laughs> tournament matchup. He does. He does. Always. There's there's got to be something there, but it's just the point again. Like no matter what, like with matchups, it's and and if you get this matchup and don't get that matchup, does it really validate your inclusion in the tournament? And the answer is no. Like it's it should have been solely based on what happened in the regular season. So if I listen, I thought Buzz Williams' seven minute rant after an NIT win was absurd. And I actually gave him fifty seconds less. It was seven minutes and fifty seconds on why his team should have been in the NCAA tournament and all of the things that he was going to do to investigate the committee, to find out how they make these selections. I I listen, they weren't the first team ever dude, snubbed in the NCAA
7: tournament Dude, dude he sounded like like people talking about the damn election yeah like <laughs> that's what that's what he sounded like people still talking about the election today oh they stole the election bro for
6: even 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 if true that was, Which is, and that was after a game. Like, yes. that wasn't like a weekly, like the normal weekly coaches pressers that they have. That was after a game. They were yes. the first. Talk team
7: that- about the game that that you're that you're in. <laughs> don't don't coaches always tell their players live in the moment, be where your feet are? Um, and he's just just lost it, bro. You're not getting in the tournament. It's 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 halfway done now. Almost. It's the, the, almost halfway the, done. But like,
6: still just stop. Yeah. But still to the point of of if Texas A&M wants to sit there and compare their resume to Michigan's or compare it to Rutgers or Notre Dame or any of those teams that played in the first four, then he still has that ability to do so. Because in my mind, that is all that we are judging. And I do think, George, it's a little different with college football just because we only have the four spots in terms of how this plays through. When we're sitting here trying to determine, I don't want to say like it's not like who's the best of the worst or the worst of the best, but that's kind of the point when you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, who is the 36th at-large team that, that we've gotten the tournament? Who is number 35? Those are the those are the questions that you're trying to figure out. So I do think it's a little different uh, when it comes to uh, you know when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament. And again, if you're going to play in the first four, no automatic. If you get an automatic bid in the tournament. You don't play in the first four. That's why that's why Notre Dame and Rutgers played each other and it's why Indiana and Wyoming played each other. Because there was no automatic bids. Different for the sixteen seeds that play in those games on Tuesdays and see, Thursdays, but, but usually for the elevens and twelves, well it's it is for the elevens and twelves, you don't it, if you won your conference tournament, you're not playing in that matchup.
7: See, where well, I, I think where the seeding gets kinda messed up is when you have all the twelve through 16s, which are those teams that get automatic bids, mm-hmm. like the like the St. Peters and like the you know the um, New Mexico States and stuff like that. I think that that's where a lot of the misseeding happens because it's it's easy to just you know put Michigan as an eleven seed, but if they're a playing team. I mean, is Michigan necessarily better than St. Peter's with their with their record? I think it gets very very tough because the competition is not necessarily equal, but when we consider those margins are smaller, I think that that's where you get a lot of the um really tough matchups sure. for teams that may be a 3 seed or a 4 seed because you're playing against a team that is the best in their in their conference. And then you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, it, it gets a little tricky sometimes.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Thanks to Ryan and Sam for their input as well. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Hiring heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed, whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com/credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out our bracket challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge per- powered by Indeed. It is a five Indeed, Villanova does move on to the Sweet 16, topping Ohio State. So there would have been another opportunity for a Big Ten team to move on, but it did not happen. Michigan State has an opportunity to punch their ticket. They are about to tip off with number two Duke and what could be Coach K's final game. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Biter on Fox. Coming up next, I want to get George's thoughts on the college basketball, the football angle when it comes to selecting these teams. That's next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
4: The Nikki Glaser Podcast.
3: Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the
4: latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting.
3: Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about.
4: Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue Check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me.
3: Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening.
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades.
6: Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us. Keeping our eye on what's happening in the NCAA tournament. Houston and Villanova punching their tickets to the Sweet 16. David Gascon will have more on that in just a couple of minutes, including the Michigan State-Duke game that is just underway. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the bracket challenge standings at foxsportsradio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge powered by Indeed. Do you think it's different, uh, or do you think uh, like a team like Ohio State did uh, in the first year of the college football playoff? I'm not trying to bring up the Oregon game, George. What I'm trying to bring <laughs> up is the Baylor-TCU-Ohio State dilemma uh, that was that Ooh. first year, and then Ohio State beats Alabama, wins the national title, and says, see... We told you we belonged now we're national champions. Um does that does that like do you think it's Dang, a- applicable to college a, football?
7: That is a cold point, Dan, because Baylor and TCU people would would tell you that's a that's a load of horse, you know what?
6: Right. Yeah, they but, would.
7: Yeah? No. no uh, and, and they would say, "Well, that could have been our national championship then." So, I mean, I don't think that they would have beaten Oregon, but, but sure, who knows? If you don't have a chance, then that's what, and that, and, but that is exactly the only reason why I don't support it as like the exact same thing is because there are 68 teams that end up in the NCAA tournament. So there's plenty of room for you to get in. I mean, as a power six team, you have plenty of room to get in and plenty of room to leave no doubt as far as your, your case for getting in. Now, in college football, that's totally different. There is not the same case. You know what I mean? Yep. There, there is now there is a situation to where, you know, there is limited access. And that is another reason why playoff expansion must happen. It's,
6: and, and who knows when that actually will happen. But to Grab your point, snickless. again, about the styles make fights, I don't think in that year if TCU ends up making the playoff that they beat Alabama or Baylor beats Alabama. I think it was the way Ohio State played that was and, – and mind you, I don't know if that was one of the better Alabama teams that we've had over the last decade or so. But still, styles make fights, as you said, and it was a difficult style for for Alabama to stop and then ultimately, sorry, George, Oregon to stop. But for the Baylor and TCU fans who are sitting there saying we should have gotten in, I think that they actually side with me on the case of your resume is what your resume is and winning games doesn't necessarily mean that you should be in or out of the tournament whether it be college football your point about college football as well when you only have 12 or 13 opportunities as opposed to 33 opportunities i think it's a different story plus we're only four teams talking about in college football, to your point about the playoff. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. Find me, Dan Baier, on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. It's a trend in the National Football League. George Reister explains why quarterbacks aren't happy. That, after David Gascon gives us the latest of what's going on on this ticket to Sweet 16 Sunday. What's up, Captain guys? Dave. I'm
10: all as well in this world Dan, how are you holding up?
6: I, I think this is one of the first times Dave and I have got to speak on air since the Russell Wilson trade. Are you, <laughs> are you very happy as a Broncos fan? That- Cautiously. Cautiously.
10: Cautiously. It's
6: the right attitude to take.
10: Yeah, it is, right? You could be uh, You could be really gung-ho. I mean, you know, you know all the guys that come in here, right? Like, they just they're gung-ho about their teams and as soon as they lose they don't show up to work the next day like it's kind of typical so you know you could be excited about russell wilson showing up and then week one it's bernard pollard at his knee
6: oh, you know, you know, like, it's just the way it is. don't put that in the universe i know oh. but
10: um but yeah it's a new beginning for him i guess i don't know turn it around for you are you welcoming colin kaepernick in for a trial <laughs> if you're Pete I think
6: they, I think they should, because I think it would distract from the <laughs> void that they have at quarterback. I truly think that that would, that would be the conversation that you're having, not like why yeah. is Russell Wilson not here and why is Drew Locke throwing the football there. I think that that would, that would distract and be a, be a, a different sort of um, situation in a training camp or a preseason if they were to do so.
10: Well, you have two horses that are back now, so Chris Carson and now Rashad Penny. He has agreed on returning to Seattle for one more year Uh, a couple other transactions today lyle collins goes from dallas to cincinnati broncos have restructured the contract for Cortland sutton 7.9 million bucks freeing up in cap space they convert his base salary to a signing bonus ten and a half million dollars there uh college basketball michigan state leading duke right now 14 to 11 this ball game a lot of time left 14 minutes and some change left in the game's opening half Villanova held off Ohio State 71 to 61 was the final there and then Houston wire to wire took care of Illinois 68 to 53 Cougars were up only by four at the end of the first half but their offense woke up quite a bit Iowa State Wisconsin is on deck Notre Dame Texas Tech and you go all the way down the runway TCU and Arizona is the nightcap. that tip-off time is at 940 Eastern 640 Pacific now, are you guys excited, at least for the start of Major League Baseball's regular year? I mean, it's not there yet. It's not 162. Not
6: yeah. It, it is 162. They're going to yeah. just jam them in. Well, I so, know, but like, yeah. it's
10: not 162 from the opening from like spring training to a regular scheduled start I, date.
6: I, I have, you know, my computer in front of me has baseball scores on it you know, for spring training. I'm just not there yet. I, I'm, I think I'm I definitely that, not. If, yeah.
10: Now, if you saw a certain left-hander. Destroy a bird in the middle of his pitch. <laughs> uh, Randy Johnson. Uh, would you be excited?
6: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Nothing. It, nothing. I mean, you guys uh, do you, recall, right? Two years you know, ago, you during, know. What's do you want to know how they they ruled that? They called it a foul ball. All right. I would pay attention. On. Give wait, him a wait, bell. Wait, 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 Tom, <laughs> They ruled that a foul ball. No, it's a pun, George. <laughs> I was like, what the. <laughs> F O W L. I get it. I get it. I get it.
7: Dad dad jokes are
6: plenty. You gotta.
7: You're a kid now. Here comes the dad joke. (laughs) Back back to you guys.
2: Oh,
6: thanks, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He is George Reister with a W. I'm Dan Baier. Uh Glad to have you with us. Yeah, this Michigan State Duke game, we'll be keeping you updated throughout. It could be Coach K's last game. We were just talking about Russell Wilson, who was not happy in Seattle, now a much happier guy in Denver. You're seeing a trend when it comes to unhappy quarterbacks in the National Football League.
7: Yes, yes, because if you look at just over the past, what, Year, literally calendar year. You've seen Deshaun Watson unhappy, wanted a trade. Uh, you've had obviously Tyler uh, Murray, Russell sure. Wilson, Aaron
6: Rodgers. Uh, you
7: know,
8: even so Matthew many... Stafford.
6: Even Matt, like, yes. Matt, like it was, it was, it was cordial, but I think he was kind of like, all right, I kind of needed fresh start. Yeah,
7: and all of those guys have. Wanted fresh, fresh starts. They've been unhappy with their teams on some level. And part of this is because you have, oh, and Baker Mayfield now, now too, is because the quarterbacks are now getting treated like everybody else on the roster. Because if, like, how, how many times have we heard teams, Dan, say, oh, wait, we, we don't want to bring in a quarterback because we don't want to disrupt how our starter feels, right? Yeah. And but but d- does that ever happen to tight ends or linemen or wide receivers or or anybody else? No, no, nope. no. And part of the reason why Russell Wilson ended upset with Seattle the beginning of the end was was when they went to Josh Allen's pro day. That yeah. was kind of the uh, the uh, start. You're like, why the hell are you going to Josh Allen's pro day? You have a quarterback. And then they started inquiring about about Justin Herbert even though that they didn't have a high pick. You're like, "But but why though?" And so and so now these quarterbacks are like, "We don't like you sniffing around." And that's and that's the part that's funny to me is that they're getting treated like everybody else on the roster and they would normally tell players like, "Guys, guys, Don't worry about all that stuff. Don't pay attention to all the noise. Just stay focused and go out and play and win your job. Oh, but now, but now it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun, buddy. So these quarterbacks are going through the same thing that all the other positions are going through. And I wonder, Dan, if this is going to turn into like disposable quarterbacking where, like the Cleveland Browns, how they had Baker Mayfield. And instead of paying him $40 million a year when they're not 100% sure about mm-hmm. him, they're like, oh, we'll just trade him away to somebody else who can use him, like the Panthers or whoever else, and then let them pay you. Or they may not even pay him and just say, all right, we'll just draft another one and then just use them like, like they do other positions, like they are disposable.
6: Well, it it is like the the point is intriguing because there are there were a lot of teams and I'm sorry, including the Seattle Seahawks. When you look at the history of the backups in Seattle and this is excludes Matt Flynn, who ended up backing up Russell Wilson in that uh, first year because of Russell Wilson winning the job at that point. But there was Geno Smith. uh, The late Tavares Jackson was the backup there for for a long time. There was never any competition. And to your point, a lot of times it was just because, as you said, like, hey, our quarterbacks are a guy. The last thing we want to do is put any doubt into his head. Whether you like the theory or not, that's what the theory was or agreed with the theory, but that was the thought process. And Seattle actually never did it. So it was interesting when that point was brought up that they went to Josh Allen's pro day. And it was the year before as well that Patrick Mahomes was actually really – Really high on Seattle's draft board. I think he was number two behind Miles Garrett that year in uh, in in where Seattle had their draft port, uh, draft board at that time. Yeah, I I think there's I think you're onto something, George, because I didn't think that once Aaron Rodgers said he was going to stay put, and I know that it was only a difference of about an hour since the Russell Wilson trade happened after the Rodgers announcement. But I felt Rodgers was going to stay in Green Bay weeks before he officially made it. I didn't think that we would see the movement that we ended up seeing. Because teams are willing to move on from from Baker Mayfield. But I do think Baker's case is different that he knew that his time was over in Cleveland. So I think he just tried to get in front of the, you know, tried to get in front of the news by putting out that letter to uh, to the city of Cleveland. And also, uh, you know, that putting the report out there that he was looking to be traded all before the whole Watson deal. I think he was trying to get out ahead of the news. And so I can't necessarily put him in that disgruntled category because I think he was disgruntled because the Browns wanted him out of town. Oh, I think yeah. there's something to what you're saying. of Because th- there are guys that were moved that I didn't think were going to end up being moved. I didn't think Russell Wilson was going to be moved. Despite everything, all of the chatter we had heard over the last 12, 13 months, I still didn't think it was going
11: to happen.
7: And now, sure enough as a, as a Seahawks fan, now, or- ordinarily, so for the last two seasons, I've told you, that you didn't believe in your team as much as I believe in your team, and now there is about a zero percent chance that I'll even that I'll even care about your team now.
6: <laughs> well, the, you know what makes it all worse? All of these moves is it just highlights the Jamal Adams trade? Like when Devontae yep. Adams is traded for a first and a second round pick, and you're like, wait a second, the Seahawks gave up two first, two rounders, first the rounders. Seahawks and and a, and a third rounder. And they did get a fourth in return uh, this year. But when you're seeing, like, that's what Devontae Adams got from the Raiders, and that's what the – it just – all of these deals, by the way, even the Seahawks haul for Russell Wilson was uh, shed light on how bad that Jamal Adams trade ended up <laughs> being. Because the Seahawks only got two first-round draft picks as part of that. I mean, draft pick-wise. I know they got a couple more seconds. They got three players as part of the deal. But, yeah, just continue to uh, to shed the light on it. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Michigan State leading Duke right now. 16-13 to in the first half. 11-18 to go until half. Half time. Baker Mayfield's reported destination or hopeful destination is an odd one. I'll tell you why next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
12: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it.
3: to start listening
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot I'm Tory deal I'm a six-time finalist and
1: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Browns putting on a statement today about their acquisition of Deshaun Watson. We'll get to that in about 12 minutes or so. I didn't want to bring up the current Browns quarterback, but likely soon to be former Browns quarterback in Baker Mayfield, George. And something struck me as odd. And maybe you can tell me if I'm reading too much into this, but I just I I just I I thought this was odd. There were reports that Baker Mayfield uh, wants to go to the Indianapolis Colts. And this, after the the whole week of asking, you know, writing the letter to the city of Cleveland, asking the Browns for a no trade, for a, you know, to be traded. Then the Browns saying we're not trading you, and then they trade for Deshaun Watson. So they are likely going to trade Baker Mayfield. You know what I thought was interesting about that that report of Baker wanting to go to Indy. George is, I thought, and I could be way off base here. But I thought you'd want to say, you know what? I want to go. I want to go throw the football to DK Metcalf. I want to go throw the football to DJ Moore. That's what I want to do. DJ Moore just signing a deal with the Carolina Panthers. You know what? Put me in New Orleans. Michael Thomas is coming back healthy. You know, put me there. That, that, that's where I want to go to. And he wants to go to the team where the best running back in the National Football League is. That's
7: smart because he he may understand his limitations and
6: also which which team is better, Dan. Well, that that was my other point was that like the ceiling to increase or to be better from what Carson Wentz did in Indianapolis. Like all you have to do is not fold in the last two weeks of the season.
7: <laughs>
6: that's that's what you that's what you want to do. I just it struck me as. On the surface, it makes sense because you say, oh, Baker Mayfield wants to go and win. And he feels he could be the missing piece in Indianapolis. And then I thought about it. and I thought, all right, they're going to run the ball a lot. They are behind, you know, one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in football. And he's leaving a really good offensive line in Cleveland. So he wants to be protected. But the weapons, I mean, there's, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., you know, but like like it's not like I just don't know if it was the quarterback paradise that you maybe thought, and I think that to maybe the points that you're bringing up is what Baker Mayfield is actually thinking about, not wanting to be the 30 to 40 touchdown guy, but to almost almost be protected by going to Indianapolis.
7: See, I I don't think that he was trying to to be protected. Most most likely, I think the it was probably he wanted to be he wanted to go to a better team because the better team that he goes to that the quicker that he can show the the Cleveland Browns prove them wrong you didn't take a chance on me now now you need to pay pay for this so so i think that this was more about payback with
6: the Cleveland Browns and being able to show them up than anything else they would he would stay in the conference uh would be in an easier division. I mean, you uh, you've got the Texans and Jaguars who are still in the process of their rebuild. So that makes that makes more sense. I just thought that if if you're looking to go to a place like we we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Not only were we talking about Denver a place to win, but we were also talking about Uh, Jerry Judy and at the time Noah Fant was on the team and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and some of the weapons that Denver would have on offense and as you were looking at different places that maybe you know Aaron Rodgers would want to go or places that Tom Brady wanted to go ends up going to Tampa with all of their weapons that you go to Indianapolis and the first thing you're going to do is hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. I, I just I, I think I for for Baker being the take charge kind of guy, especially coming in from a system where that's all that they wanted him to do was hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and then make some plays with with his arm. Like, isn't that kind of what you're also doing in Indianapolis? I, I thought maybe they would, it would be like, hey, go, it, maybe you'd want to go to Seattle and be part of the revenge tour that the Seahawks could put together. I don't know if it, it wouldn't even be smart. I'm not even sure if Seattle would want to bring in Baker Mayfield, considering where they're headed. But I just thought that there were other teams that were also looking for quarterbacks that maybe had better pass-catching weapons than what Indianapolis does.
7: Yeah, yeah. But if you're, if you're, if you're Baker... And I mean, Indianapolis is where I want Marcus Mariota to, to, to end up. (laughs) But if you are Indianapolis, are you willing to trade? Like you can get a free agent, Marcus Mariota, or you can shop in the scratch and dent bin again and, and do this Baker
6: Mayfield thing. Like, like which one would you, would you? Well, the, that? Yeah, the compensation you'd have to give up for Baker Mayfield, whatever it would be, I'd, I'd rather sign the quarterback if you if they were equal. If you felt Mariota and Baker Mayfield were equal, I'd rather sign the guy than trade for one.
7: Well, so, well, and they just did that last year trying to rehab Carson Carson Wentz and lost out draft picks. So eh, I don't know about that.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. I'm not even going to argue with him about the value of Mariota compared to Baker Mayfield. That can be for another day. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, did the Cleveland Browns make a deal with the devil to bring in their new quarterback? We tell you next year on Fox Sports
12: Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app,
5: search FSR to listen live.
6: Deshaun Watson is now a Cleveland Brown. The Texans getting three first-round draft picks for the quarterback who, by the way, still hasn't cleared the 22 civil cases that were brought against him. We talk about that and so much more. Welcome in. It is a Fox Sports Sunday. Throughout the show, we will be keeping you updated of what's happening in the NCAA tournament. David Gascon's at the news desk. He'll have another update coming up at the bottom of the hour. But again, Duke with that four-point lead against Michigan State late in the first half. And Wisconsin and Iowa State about to tip it off. Hiring heating up. Indeed, hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview of candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed, whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the bracket challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million dollar bracket challenge, powered by Indeed. Browns put out a statement today, George, on the trade of Deshaun Watson. Uh, As part of the statement from D and Jimmy Haslam, the Browns' owners, they said quote in-depth in-depth conversations the extensive evaluation process his dedication to being a great teammate and devotion to helping others within the NFL within the community and through his charitable initiatives provided the foundation for us to pursue Deshaun we are confident in Deshaun and excited about moving forward with him as our quarterback and supporting his genuine and determined efforts that was the end of the statement they did uh, mention earlier that they understood that there were still legal proceedings that were going on saying they would respect the due process but were you surprised that deshaun watson was traded to another team with the civil cases still pending even though he was cleared of criminal charges absolutely not <laughs> Absolutely not. This didn't shock me, surprise me,
7: or even take me off guard. This was a foregone conclusion. He was going to be traded as soon as they knew that he wasn't going to face criminal prosecution because there is a big difference in a player being unavailable, right? And a player because he's in jail and a player being, um, and a player, not being like liked out in the public because of what may or may not have have happened. And I think that, that the NFL has some additional information that they've shared with their teams about him, about the, about the situation. And that's probably why there was a restructuring of his contract because this is the same thing the Patriots did for Tom Brady when he was going to be suspended for four games. They restructured his contract, lowered his base salary down to one million, which then mean in a sixteen game season, which which meant that if he did receive a suspension, which he did for four games, it would only cost him half a million dollars instead of I think Tom Brady's base salary that year was like ten million or something like uh, that, not not including the sure. bonuses and all of that. So then he would have lost four, well, Lexi, less like three and a half million. So. You know, and Deshaun Watson, he was making thirty-five million dollars this year. So to lose a fourth of your salary would be sig- significant. And I think he is potentially facing a suspension, and just because the league wants to look like they did did something, so I, I so that's where they're at with with that. So I was not surprised. Dan,
6: I I just whether it's whether it's one or. two, you know it's 22 if one of them is real and if 22 of them i mean it's it's a big deal and the 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 whole aspect of the the criminal charges and george i wasn't surprised either what i was interested in seeing was what was this process going to be afterwards and the statement today released on a sunday yeah, that yeah, the statement was kind of
7: weird. I, I didn't yeah. like the statement a bit because here I have been outspoken about this, Dan, and some people think it's an unpopular opinion, but I don't really care. I have said that there is that that when people say that oh he shouldn't be allowed to play, I'm like yes he should because if if a player and I'm in firm agree like and I know that that it's unpopular with some people. If a player is not in jail or there is not video evidence of something that has happened that that clearly shows that they are guilty then and and may be taken away from your team for a while, then they should be allowed to play. And the reason why is because this is the the NFL is not the moral police. They are not the adjudicators of law. Like, that's not their job. That At the end of the day, this is the entertainment business. They're in the business of winning games and making money by entertaining fans. So, at this point in time, Deshaun Watson can still provide more entertainment for fans and bring more money into the league and to the Cleveland Browns than he does taking away from people who are upset about the situation. So, and as long as that ratio balances how, how it is, then, then that's what it, what it is. Cause we don't take, you know, po- uh, police officers out of work. We don't take lawyers out of work. We don't take trash men, uh, you know, uh, the nail techs, anybody else out of work when something in their life goes, goes awry, but the, well, but the same standard is not held for athletes or I, or and p- people in in entertainment.
6: I do th- I do think that the, I I do think that there would be situations if somebody was facing uh, I, I don't even want to make up imaginary charges, but that their employment would be affected by it. And I th- I, I, I and so I I do think that that is it's not just an athlete entertainment thing. The point that to your of of not being surprised by it. I think that that's actually part of the problem and I and and I'm not saying that your response is cuz I really wasn't surprised either is that we say well he didn't face criminal charges guess what must be innocent those 22 women all must be in cahoots like that like that's that's one of the one of the 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 drawn conclusions from the Houston Police Department not pressing charges is Oh, he's not going to face anything criminal. Well, that doesn't mean that nothing happened, correct? Or that these instances happened, and I think that or allowing, that, or that there is not,
7: or that there's not some truth to some of it, correct? And and, and there is some some embellishment, like 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 there's a lot of, you know, like l- levels to where this could be true or false, and 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 all of this, and I think that that's where it gets tricky for a lot of people in in understanding. It is that, is that they're like, Oh, well, well, it's either all or nothing. Well, that that's not always true. You hear me Mm -hmm. that it's not always a a, a hundred percent one thing or the, or the other, sometimes there is some nuance in these situations, which, which makes them significantly more difficult to, to judge really.
6: Yeah, there there may be a scenario where the prosecutors were just saying, you know what? Guess what? I don't think that we can really uh prosecute this sort of case. Yeah. Right? Like that like or this could be this could be the thing that that holds us up and we're not going to be able to Well, and, um,
7: and this is the thing that conviction. makes it a lot harder too is that is that these weren't and, and is that these cases like, like this are a lot of times a lot more. He said, she said, because, because we're not dealing with something like, like 22 women saying that he raped them. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So, so we're like a lot of this is I felt uncomfortable, right? Not, not all 2022, but some of them are like, I felt uncomfortable with, with what happened. And, And so I think that that is that that the way the laws are, that some of these things are morally wrong that may that may or may not have have happened, but they're not criminally criminally prosecutable. So I think that that we get into this strange gray area of these things where obviously you should not do some of these things and they should not be allowed, but some of them are not criminally prosecutable or even proven unless the person admits that they did it.
6: Well, Tony Busby, the attorney for those uh, 22 women that are filing the civil cases told uh, John Barr of ESPN that no NFL teams, including the Browns, uh, did not reach out to him in their uh, efforts to look into Deshaun Watson. Uh, and and listen, they could – it's one of the things
7: of I – f- I find that to be very, very un- unlikely, being, being that the NFL is actually doing an investigation, their own investigation on Deshaun Watson. So the idea that – so like they may not have reached out to him in terms of – you know, sh- should you sh- should you uh, sign the, the Sean and all of this? But for sure, the NFL tried to interview wh- whether successfully or not, some of the women who made accusations about him. So how that turned out is I, I don't know the answer to, to that, but I do know for sure that they did at least try to. Interview the the women about the sure. accusations.
6: All, all, all I would I would just have to say is, if it was the Browns um, and you release a statement like this, you don't have to respond to every single thing. But it's kind of like correct. And I'm not trying to make light of this by any means. But it's like when you invite someone to a party that you really don't want to be there, but you know that they're not going to be able to come anyway. So you're like, cool, I can just invite them, and I know that they're out of town, so they're not coming over. If you wanted to be blind and, and be the Browns and be like, listen, we're going to trade for Deshaun Watson, no matter what information they have, you still reach out to them. You still do it at least for the optics of it. I'm not saying it's oh right, no 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 wrong, no, no, but no that's no
7: no no. I do not
6: believe that that is that that that
7: would have been the the optimal move in the situation. Being that the NFL is doing its own own investigation, I think that you invite. You know some cr- criticism that you don't want, being being that you're already going to make the move, like you have already m- made the decision to do what you were going to do already. Mm-hmm. It, it it would be different if your opinion or what you did could have been swayed or changed. <laughs> that that wasn't happening for uh, for uh, them. So so I think a you know a disingenuous. You know, uh, attempt at communication would have only made things worse for the Browns.
6: It it may seem like a great trade on the on the surface, and in the end, it's who knows how it ends up. But I I understood a lot more from the Browns and the excuse me from the Falcons or from the, the the Saints or the Panthers and those sort of areas. The Browns kind of out of nowhere for a team that has had such history with quarterbacks and trying to get it right. Um, it just pretty unique to me that they would, uh, they would, uh, stick, uh, stick their, uh, neck out to, uh, to make this sort of deal, but the deal is done. And now we'll have to see what the NFL has to say about Deshaun Watson's status for 2022. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer, Fox Sports Sunday, Duke up on Michigan state at the half 39 35 in their second round game while Wisconsin and Iowa state just underway. How underway it's 2-0, two nothing, two and a half minutes in. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. So, Baker Mayfield is on his way out of Cleveland. Where will he end up? We'll answer that question and so much more next year on Fox Sports Radio
1: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the
6: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us. David Gascon will get us up to date on what's happening. Uh In the world of sports today, including the NCAA tournament in about 10 minutes, Wisconsin up early 5-2 on Iowa State now. Just four minutes gone by in that one, while Duke and Michigan State again at the half with Duke on top of the Spartans 39-35. to 35. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Joining us now is our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Also, hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast and on SiriusXM NFL Radio, Adam
11: Kaplan joins us again. Happy Sunday, Adam. How are you? Guy's good to talk to. you. Yeah, it's been certainly a wild two weeks here uh, in the National Football League, particularly last week, although things are slowing down as they normally do the first weekend of free agency. But it's certainly been good, a couple surprises there, and uh, this is what you get. This is what you get in the National Football
6: League. I just mentioned Las Vegas. Let's start there. How did they get in on the Devontae Adams trade from Green Bay?
11: Yeah, he won it out. Here's what happened. Last summer, I'm told, they did not make any attempt – uh, the Packers did not make any attempt to sign him. That bothered him. Uh, they also tagged him again and did not make any attempt uh, to really bring him back, uh, other than on the tag. He made it clear that he would not play under the tag, and they wanted the Packers guys wanted to avoid a holdout. Well, actually, a holdout is not really correct because if you don't have a, you, if you don't have a signed contract, you're not holding out. But he was just not going to report, and he doesn't have to. You don't have to. Players who are on the franchise tag, you don't have to report if you don't sign the the tender. So that's what he was going to do. And they knew, they felt like his threat was real. And they got what they could. They got two first-round picks. Um, Money comes off the cap. But let me tell you some folks, if you look at their receiver core right now, it went from having arguably the best receiver in football to, quite frankly, this is a bottom-five receiver group, and I'm trying to be nice about it.
7: And, okay, so why did... Aaron Rodgers, who we've heard yeah. r- reports that he knew that this was going to ha-
11: happen. Why would he sign up for this? Well, actually, I don't think he knew that at the time that he got his deal done that it was going to happen. He knew a couple days before this trade was done. Um, that's the thing we don't know. We don't know exactly where this was headed with Rodgers. I have a hard time believing he would have resigned if he knew for sure that Adams would not be coming back. That, that we don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what Rodgers actually says on the record. Because if you look at this situation, Rodgers is as brilliant as he is as the, the, another MVP award. If you just look at his past targets available, it's not a good group. And this is, look, now they obviously, they've got a lot of draft capital. They could address this issue in the draft, and that's fine. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want to get back to the Super Bowl, this is not good. Um, and the chemistry that he had, George, you know as a former player, when a, when a receiver and a quarterback have legendary connections like this, it's impossible to duplicate that in a short right? period of time. It's just you, you don't walk away from that. And I get it. They got two first-round picks, but that's not the point. They, they, the, the Packers disrespected uh, Adams, he felt, uh, talking to someone very close to him. And he had enough. And he was kind of basically saying, you know what? My relationship is what it is with, with uh, Rodgers, which is great, but I want out. And he got paid. I mean, And remember, he's from the West Coast. He played with Derek Carr at Fresno State. So the, those guys are back together.
6: Adam Kaplan of Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider joining us here. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. So how many teams are calling the Browns now for Baker Mayfield?
11: <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's not that they're calling them. They're having – the, the Browns know where they're at. They have to move Mayfield's $18.85 because you can't pay that as a backup quarterback. So if they have to take it to the draft, they'll do that. I don't think it'll take that. Uh, I, I, three or four teams, I believe, have are, are, had conversations – um, but look, here's the thing: when you, when you look at it, remember now he's not going to be ready till training camp. He's coming back from a major, major shoulder injury, which is uh, which is, is going to keep him out probably till maybe even August. So that's the thing that the team that winds up trading for him has to understand. Sure, he can get in the playbook, but he's not going to be able to practice in the off season. And remember now, here's another thing: this is this fifth year option. So there's no you're not going to you don't any team potentially trading for him has all the leverage here. The Browns, the, those teams know that they, he has to be moved. So I can't imagine they'll get more than a third-round pick. They shouldn't because, again, he's on the deal. He's come back from major surgery. And I'm also told that it wasn't just his left shoulder. Uh, he had two or three other injuries that he played with last season. So um, this this is certainly this Watson trade and uh, the situation now with Mayfield, certainly one of the most bizarre situations I've seen in years.
7: Yeah, so now, now – you know, they, they're they probably going to be hesitant to, to trade for a quarterback who's hurt, who may not be ready until August. That means that you may not have a, a starting quarterback. So what do the Colts, who have a very tight window on winning, the uh it lo- looks like Winston will be back with the Saints, but, yeah. but then what do the Panthers... And Falcons do with their quarterback, and Seahawks do with their quarterback situations.
11: Well, Matt Ryan's under contract, so that that's and they've re- done a restructure on him. It's just that they had something in place, a mechanism in place, if Watson wanted to go to Atlanta, and, and he he wound up not doing it. So he's as we know he's in Cleveland. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the other quarterback who's going to be moved. Uh, I, I believe by the draft and expect the Colts to be on him of one of the teams. But again. There's another reason why Jimmy Garoppolo became available because now it's not just Trey Lance. He also had surgery. That's the problem with these, these quarterbacks that are available. There's something going on. They don't become available unless there's something going on. So that's, that's what, where that is. And, you know, there's still a bunch of teams that need a quarterback. It's uh, pretty incredible as we talk here. As we move to the third week of March, there's still some teams that need to kind of figure out. And then you've got the Seattle situation. They've got, they're another team. They've got a lot of draft picks. They don't have a starting quarterback. They could say whatever they want about Drew Lock. Drew Locke would be shocking if he's a starting quarterback this season. Adam
6: Kaplan Seahawks. joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Just speaking of the Seahawks, they did sign Rashad Penny today yeah. to a one-year deal. And you don't need to break that one hole down, but there are not a lot of running backs going off the board in the free agent market. He ends up going back to Seattle for, what, like $6 million? Is that kind of just the going right for running or the top of the ceiling for running backs right now in the
9: free agent. Well,
11: yeah, we have to see the guaranteed money. That's that. Remember, Penny, as you know, Dan, being a Seahawks yeah. fan, he's had a major injury history. Now he finally, it only took him, what, four years to actually play consistent football. He was tremendous down the last quarter of the season. That actually earned him. Uh, talk to the Seahawks at the combine, they, their, their goal was to bring him back and they were able to do that. And remember, Chris Carson's coming back from a major neck injury and surgery they don't know they they believe he'll be able to play again but they don't know when he'll be ready so bring him back penny back here um, and what they want to do is they want to have a two man backfield whether it's with Carson or another sure. running back they're going to do that they will not rely just on Rashad Penny as i understand it
7: yeah if if we're looking at you know at some potential moves as it come as it comes to the rest of this uh offseason are there any other shocking <laughs> you know yeah. trades or moves that we can expect or
11: or could possibly expect over the next few weeks prior to the draft Yeah George there's some teams looking at players who are on the final year for the rookie deal so are not getting extensions and they're checking into it could be receiver it could be receiver out there um i think some receivers could be moved by the draft it does, again it doesn't have to be now but teams have more of an urgency because they want to see where they're at the cap, where they're going to be around with the cap. So, um, but look, the, what happens is with receiver position, talking to some agents who have who had some pretty big time receivers for free for agency. The Christian Kirk deal set everything out of whack. This, this was crazy. This guy's really, if we're being honest here, a number a good number three receiver, low end two. The Jaguars are paying him to be a number one receiver. He's just not, and that's that's you know you, the three of us are older, old enough to remember Alvin Harper. Yeah. When Alvin Harper uh, left the Cowboys to go to the Bucks, he signed a number one deal, and he was a number two, and it proved to be the, the point. You have to be very careful how you pay players. To you got to know what they are and what they aren't. Here's this is what surprised me
6: about the Kirk deal. It was that he had an opportunity to be the number one when DeAndre Hopkins went out, yeah. and and so to see that sort of money at him was just like. And listen, I don't want to be in anybody's pockets. It's not my you know not not my mm-hmm. business. But it wasn't like there was. Hope that, okay now when he gets into um, a place where a pass happy offense, he'll be able to shine like you couldn't be more, you know, in an offense suited. And then when he had the opportunity, I don't know if it was necessarily that just that just didn't add up to me. I know it's a couple weeks back, but you brought it up. It just never was just this
11: week, actually. Yeah, it was it this week. okay yeah. Kirk signed actually on Wednesday. In fact, little nugget here. So the agent was telling teams that he had a huge deal coming and There were some teams that didn't believe him because it's Christian Kirk. He's he's a third receiver. And to get $18 million, by the way, Alan Robinson, who's a proven veteran, way more proven, not, and, and $15.5 million for him is good because he's coming off of a tough season where he was hurt, and he does turn 29. But Christian Kirk getting this deal at 18000000 million, he'll get just under $40 million the first two years. It's ridiculous. It's, I, I wish uh, Doug Peterson all the luck in the world with Trent Baalke, but And Zay Jones, another one. Talking to the Raiders, they saw him as a, a, as a three. That's a
7: hundred million dollars plus. commitment. To to, to to
11: these dudes. I, I mean, eight mi- he's eight million a year for a guy should be a third receiver. It's just not understanding what a guy is and isn't. And Trent Baalke, who, knowing him a little bit, is not a big fan of free agency. I'm shocked that uh, he made the call to pay Zay Jones um, eight million a year, and it's real money, folks. That those those two contracts are not funny money, fake money, with fake guarantees. Those are real guaranteed money. Um. Now, speaking of guaranteed money.
7: I I wondered how people around the league reacted to Deshaun Watson getting $230 million fully guaranteed because you have Justin Herbert coming up. You have Joe Burrow coming up who are going to probably get extensions after this third, third Mm -hmm. year and Lamar Jackson, I, and, and, and Kyler Murray. And now, are they going to say, listen, don't even talk to me unless you're talking 230 or more guaranteed?
11: Yeah, and and remember, you know, obviously, because we, we don't know what's going to happen with the civil cases um, pending against uh, Watson. But agents love it. P- clubs don't. Um, I know one of the teams you mentioned, uh, I happened to talk to that one of the general managers of one of these teams. And just in general, just in general terms, they kind of know where the, the money's going at quarterback. The next deals are going to be $50 million per season. That, that's the belief we're in the league. And not, not a penny less because you have the Rodgers deal. And, yes, he's obviously better than all these quarterbacks you mentioned because he's more proven. But the, the, the bottom end quarterbacks that, I mean of all these deals are going to get $50 million. Some could approach 53 to $55 million. And don't forget one other nugget here. The cap is going up in a major way next year. The, the real, remember, the TV money hits next year in the cap. And the teams that aren't spending this year will will probably have to spend massively because there is a rule over three years you have to spend to a certain amount of money. Well, quickly, uh, we we were talking earlier about
7: how they're treating quarterbacks more like regular position players. Now they're kind of, you know, like scoping around, seeing if there's always better. Is there any way that we're going to be looking at quarterbacks drafted on their rookie deal and then teams being like, all right, cool. You can you can uh, walk because we're not going to pay you 50 million dollars and we'll we'll just go back to the, the the
11: draft and see if we can find another one that way. I would say this much on the, on the point there. If the guys just average, if it's Baker Mayfield that guy's going to walk. Okay, Baker Mayfield is on the last year year's rookie deal. Let, let's leave let's let's just go back a little bit. Baker Mayfield was tremendous in 2020, right? They made the playoffs under Kevin Stefanski. Now, he took a step back this season. A lot of it had to do with with his health. Uh, but remember, this front office and coaching staff, they had nothing to do with him being drafted. They weren't there when he was drafted. See, it's going to come down to what was the general manager? Was this his pick or not? That does help determine, because if it's his guy, more often than not, that guy's going to get extended. That's just the way it is. Now, like a guy like Ryan Tannehill, well, yeah, they traded for him, the Titans, they can get out of his contract after the season. Do they need to extend him? That's a veteran. But if you're talking about a a young quarterback, if the guy didn't draft him, the chances are, unless he's really good, the guy's probably going to walk or be traded. It, It has to be their guy. And the guy's got to play at a very good level to get him extended early. That's just the way it is.
6: He's Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Hear him here on on the Inside the Birds podcast. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you next All week.
11: Guys. Thank you.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. George back in the hot seat. As easy as one, two, three, four is back after a hiatus on Selection Sunday that's next but first david gascon's here to give us the latest of what's happening in march madness and so much more what's going on dave
10: guys speaking of uh trivia and questions what is the best mascot still alive in the ncaa tournament oh it's gotta be the peacocks
6: gotta be right no. gotta be not the red raiders yeah no no no, no. 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 maybe uh, the friars a close second friars it's good yeah i'd go with that
10: all right Iowa sam no yeah
6: oh.
7: horned frogs mm. could be another good horned one. Frogs is good yeah.
10: Irish, right. no.
7: i am gonna go with the oh my gosh this, this is a tough one i think i gotta go with just the fighting irish They're, it, it it's a solid it's a solid you know it's good in football one yep. of the all-time best and then in basketball it's you know it's trying to come up
10: the nickname the mascot the logo it all plays yeah it does it does uh speaking of that fellas Uh, Michigan State trying to push right now. They're down by four to Duke, 46 to 42. They were just down by nine seconds ago, but they've made a little bit of a run. Iowa State, Wisconsin fellas getting things underway in the first half. Badgers up by a point, 14-13 is the tally there. Two games that are in the books. Villanova advanced to the Sweet 16. They beat Ohio State. Houston doing the same. They roll all over Illinois, 68 to 53. Tonight, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Auburn, uh, Miami, and then you got Texas and Purdue. The nightcap is TCU and Arizona Wildcats are nine and a half point favorites in that ball game. Fells, back to you.
6: Thanks a lot, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer let's get it going david gascon don't go very far iowa sam is here ryan Bershinger, our executive producer all serve as lifelines as george tries to get a perfect score of 10 in the game of easy is one two three four and you can play at home as well george's goal is to just give me the correct answers when i give him a topic doesn't have to give me all the right answers just some of them and again a perfect score of 10 is the goal Over-under today, it's not that it's extremely difficult. There's just a couple of different angles that we've got in the game. Seven and a half is the over-under. Seven and a half is the over-under today. Okay? Okay. This is one of the reasons why. Because to start out, I am asking for not one of two. I'm asking for one of one. Yes, one of one Pac-12 schools to have never appeared In a men's Final Four. There's one Pac-12 school that has never appeared in a Final Four. George Reister, who is that school?
7: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Sheesh. Thank goodness
6: he said that. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with it.
7: (laughs) Okay, so... UCLA is for sure has happened. Arizona, Oregon.
6: um, Oh, my God. And and this also means, by the way, they may not have been in the Pac-12 conference at the time of the Final Four. Um, They may have been in a different league. But of the current 12 members, one of the schools has not made a Final Four. Oh, my God. Um. I want to
7: say Washington state or USC. No, 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 US. I'm going to go with Washington
6: state. Is that your final answer? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is it Washington state? <laughs> No, you had, the, state. you had the state part right. It was Arizona State.
7: Oh, I almost chose the stinky Sun Devils. I almost chose them. Damn it. Damn it. I knew it. That was the first team I came
9: to. He gave you what? a tell, George. I I was gonna say Sam actually did get that right. He what
6: did. Oh about. man, that burns even more. Oh lifeline. Unused. Oh, Washington State made it in 1941. They have uh, one final four appearance. Hey, don't worry. Perfect score, perfect game. It's like a leadoff single. You still have an opportunity for a great game. Name two of three, George, wide receivers who made up the top three when it comes to receiving yards over the last three seasons. So the three leading receivers in the NFL over the last three years combined, receiving yards, I need two of the top three.
7: Okay, I think that we're going to have to go with Devonte Adams. He's got to be on the list. Um, and I am going to call a lifeline while I continue to think I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Iowa Sam.
8: Oh, uh, okay. Well, should we throw Cooper Cup into that picture? Just like how big of a season he had this oh, past season? yeah, and his last two seasons have been pretty damn So you damn need big. two of three, is that right? Yep, two yes. of three. Two of three. So I definitely put Devontae in there. And, um, yeah, I would say Cooper Cup, and then, yeah. Um... Okay. So, uh, oh,
7: wait, 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 hold on. Are tight ends included or no? They are. But...
6: Okay, right. I'll, I'll put it this way: you
7: don't need to include them. Okay, I'm gonna go with Devonte Adams, and I am going to go with. Oh my God, who would have? Who was the leaders in 2019? <laughs> oh, he does
6: not want to take Sam's advice. All right, I'm gonna take Sam's advice. All right, final answer. Yeah. All right, show me Devonte Adams. There he is, thirty nine hundred twenty four yards. And show me Cooper Cup, number it one on the list. Like four thousand. He was. He had to be third. Stefan Diggs was third. Cooper Cup was number one, four thousand eighty two yards. So two of three so far for George Reister here. In easy as one, two, three, four. Seven points still Jeez. available. George will attempt to get those. Wisconsin up 16-13 on Iowa State. Seven minutes or eight minutes to go until halftime there. Duke up 52-44 on Michigan State. 14 minutes left to go in that one. George's quest to finish 9 out of 10 wraps up next here on Fox Sports Sunday.
1: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
6: get your podcast. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Bayer. He's George Reister. Quick update from the NCAA tournament. Duke's on top of Michigan State 59-52 with a little more than 11 minutes left to go. In that game, five minutes left to go in the first half. Wisconsin leads Iowa State playing in Milwaukee. 21 to 17 in that 3-11 matchup in the Midwest region. George Reister right now is 2 of 3 and easy as 1, 2, 3, 4. He's used Iowa Sam as a lifeline, but he has David Gascon and he has Ryan Bershinger available for the final two questions over under today with seven and a half. So there's still plenty of room to uh, beat that, George. Next question, name 3 of 4 first-round quarterbacks taken by the Browns since they returned to the NFL other than Baker Mayfield. So we know Baker went number one a few years back. I need three of the four other quarterbacks the Browns took in the first round of the NFL draft since they returned to the league in 1999.
7: Okay, so there's obviously there's going to be Eric Couch, right? Uh, Because I think they drafted him in 2000. Or no, 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 sorry, in 99. And then there was, geez Louise, there's Baker Mayfield. Wait, 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 only first round draft picks? Yes, only first round draft picks. There have been four others. Yeah, Brandon Whedon, and oh gosh, wait, Couch. Brandon Whedon. Oh, my God. I almost forgot because he does
6: a show right here on Fox, on Fox Sports Radio, Brady Quinn, man. Okay. So your final answer is Couch, Quinn, and Whedon. Is that that it? No.
7: Yeah. Yes. And and that just made me think about our man Johnny Manziel as well.
6: Okay. So which three do you want? I don't care. Okay. They're all right. All right. All right. We're going to go show me Brady Quinn. 2007, yes. Show me Brandon Whedon. 2012. Show me Johnny Manziel. Yeah, 2014. There's your three points. It was Tim Couch, not Eric Crouch, even though you said Couch, but Tim Couch also in 1999. I said Tim Couch. You said Eric but that's
7: no. that's why I just wanted no, to make sure. No, I think sure. your brain
6: heard it. Before.
7: No, Wait.
8: we heard it you, said yeah. Eric. Yeah. Yes. It's okay. Lies!
6: Lies! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm doing you a favor by allowing that. I could have just said, okay, Eric, couch, and then let you go with it. But no, you got three points. Yeah, couch in 99, Brady in 2007, Whedon in 2012, and Mansell in 2014. All right, George, five points. Again, the over-under, seven and a half. So you just got to get three of these last four to uh, hit the over. Here we go. If you get all, if you get all of them, then you get a score of nine, which is very, very good. George, name four of the five schools that Coach K and Duke have defeated in their national title game wins. So Coach K has won five national championships in his career. Going up against Michigan State right now, up five with eleven minutes to go. Name four of the five schools that Coach K and Duke have defeated in those national championship games.
7: Mm. Okay, so. I know for sure Butler, right? So you have Butler that they have defeated and they <sighs> – all right. Who do, who do I have left? I have Ryan B- Bershinger Bersinger? left?
6: Yeah, and David Gascon.
7: Okay, so we will go with Ryan first. Oh, oh, and I'm going to go with Kentucky. And I'm going to go with K- Kentucky as well. So who do you have, Ryan?
9: I think Michigan as well. That's the only other guess I've got.
7: Okay, and how about you, sir? David Gascon? Yeah, David. Uh, uh, just I just
10: making sure because I know George forgot me. Um, <laughs> forgot me by name anyway. <laughs> I, the one guess I might have would be like Michigan State.
7: I don't think they played Michigan State in the national championship. Xavier? No.
6: Does Iowa Sam, do you know the do you know these? Do you know any? Don't say it. Don't say it, but do um, you know any
8: that they're missing? Uh no, no. Okay. I was thinking along those lines. What about okay. like a Florida? Uh,
7: okay, so All I'm right. hold, Final answer hold, time. Hold up, because they won back to back early in his career. One minute to go. I'm gonna go with Michigan Butler. And then, oh, my God, they beat Gilbert Arenas when I was in school. Uh, Arizona. Okay. And,
6: ah, God. I need need it, George.
7: All right, Michigan, Arizona, Butler, and I don't know, man. Okay, show me Michigan.
6: Show me Michigan. There it is, 1992. Show me Butler. Show me Butler, 2010. Nice. Show me Arizona. Nice. Yeah, 2001. And is it Michigan State? No. Oh. Kansas in 1991 and Wisconsin in 2015 Come on, Iowa, Sammy were the other that. answers. Eight points for George Reister. A job well done. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Coming up next, do we know the Packers' plan? We'll talk about it here on Fox.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Oh, we have a first to 50 game brewing right now in the NCAA tournament. And could it be the last game from Coach K? It's what we're watching here on Fox Sports Sunday, all developing in the next 60 minutes or so. You heard David Gascon say Duke in a nail-biter with Michigan State, and they're about to go to half in Milwaukee with Iowa State and Wisconsin in that 25-24 battle. Wisconsin's Chucky Hepburn had to leave after turning his ankle, so the ball... uh, carrying duties ball handling duties if you will for the wisconsin badgers now will be divvied up between brad davison and johnny davis and some help from their bench i use the football term in ball carrying but ball handling uh situation with the badgers a <laughs> little on ice because that's where chucky hepburn's <laughs> ankle is he's george reister get him on twitter At George Reister, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Maybe it's apropos for how physical this game is right now, that it is a football game between Wisconsin and Iowa State, 25-24. Did you
7: expect anything else? Like, these are two rock rock fight universities. Like, they are rock fight football teams, rock fight basketball teams. Like, they don't do anything easy. You want to know what? You have to go the hard route. And I hope whoever it is, I hope you took the
6: under in the game. We joked earlier about uh, the Iowa men's basketball team losing in the NCAA tournament on Thursday and then the Iowa women losing today in the second round to really tell you on how much of a non-Hawkeye weekend it is, Wisconsin's playing Iowa State in the NCAA tournament. Because you can, you know, Iowa, if you want to talk about teams that they can't stand, you know, Iowa State right there. You've got Nebraska, uh, maybe Minnesota, but definitely Wisconsin as well. So if you're an Iowa fan, and I know one or two, uh, this is this has to be a, a, a root canal. Iowa Sam, is this is it tough to watch to see Wisconsin and Iowa State playing right now, knowing that they are two big
8: rivals of the Hawkeyes? It's um it's definitely my eyes are drawn to the brands for sure. I'm like you know I know these teams very well. So yes, Iowa but you don't and like Iowa these State teams, right? What I mean, what's you that? I don't like these teams.
6: Um, like an Iowa fan doesn't like Iowa State.
8: We no, know that. no, We're no. Not I mean Wisconsin like I either when they're playing Iowa, obviously no. But you know I'm gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna sound definitely like kind of a millennial fan, but I do like seeing Iowa State go on and achieve something if they do. Oh, all right, yeah. But when Wait. they're playing Iowa, I I want them to lose badly i want them to lose very you could bad. have just oh, proved
6: see. my point for radio and been all good but nope iowa sand goes against the grain no, Iowa Sam doing it
8: again that's listen, all right yeah no I'm, I'm looking at iowa state as an 11 seed they had a losing big 12 record you know their offense is sometimes like, like <laughs> watching paint dry and yeah. and so to see them in a lot in a tight battle with wisconsin the big 10 champion and Iowa's was not in the tournament anymore it it's uh it's it's disappointing for sure. That's actually oh, the theme-
6: description on DirecTV George. Did you know that? It says Iowa State versus Wisconsin. If you're ready to watch paint dry, <laughs> buckle up for the next 2 hours. Buckle up.
8: That's what the info says. We're hitting five miles an hour. See,
6: me, I have no ill will against
7: other Pac-12 teams, especially like when it comes to the tournament, if my team is still playing. If if my team is still playing, you guys can keep on winning because we'll just beat you at some point. But at the point in time where my team loses, yeah. Not, I'm 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 not really in it on Washington or well Washington's never in the tournament so we don't even have to talk about them but uh and 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 Oregon State I mean hell they won three three games this year so yeah Jeez. nobody cares after uh, making it they made it to the elite eight last year they won three NCAA tournament I, I games and then and then won three games they haven't won since the beginning of December dude. Oh,
8: and
6: and really quick. Sorry, Dan. No, that's okay. It's your show. Go ahead. Sam.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I will just say this. It is a remarkable turnaround for Iowa State. They went speaking of It's really hard to only win three games in college basketball. It's even harder just to win two games, which is what Iowa State did last year going two and twenty two and winning no games in the Big 12. They went two and twenty two in Steve Prohms last year. Fire him. Bring in T.J. Altsberger, former Iowa State assistant. And now they're back in the tourney and they've already won a game. Two and twenty two to 21-11 and 11 or whatever they are. That's okay, crazy. So maybe it wasn't all the players. It was – the talent was there. The, the, there's no fans in the stands. That was a, a hindrance, and Steve Prohm, I guess, just threw the talent. I don't know. I,
6: I did make on Twitter my official rankings of calls that refs like to make during this NCAA tournament. The amount of charge calls during this tournament so far, just threw the moon. I mean, any opportunity that, that a referee can make to call a charge – is, is going to be taken. That is, they oh, yeah. will, it, I mean, it is it is absurd. They also love to call jump ball on usually what are foul situations, but then they will also grant a timeout on a scrum on the floor when nobody has possession. Doesn't make any sense.
7: Uh, <laughs> foul on the f- yesterday.
6: Dude. Yeah. Baylor, dude,
7: North Carolina. But you are right about those charges, dude. In the, um, a- dude and when people just flop on the ground you're like come on come on bro come yeah on, please just please. stop just 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 make it stop because we saw that a couple times when Gonzaga was playing last night against Memphis just like come on come on can we stop with the charges and yeah cuz cuz in, in college basketball they will let you slide up underneath a guy and be like charge or just, uh, I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's
6: wholly uh, frustrating. Wisconsin letting Iowa State get a sneaky basket right at the end of halftime. So the Cyclones go in to halftime with a one-point lead over Wisconsin. Oh, George, to George hit the
7: first half under and Iowa State. Nice.
6: Oh, there, there, there! It is so an eleven-three matchup while Duke and Michigan State are tied up at sixty-five. If cold candidate calls it. aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com/credit. And speaking of Indeed. With the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the bracket challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million-dollar bracket challenge powered by Indeed. The NFL draft is a month away. The Green Bay Packers now have a first-round pick or an additional first-round pick in that trade of Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Also got a second-rounder as part of that deal. I know on the surface... And in the immediate the immediacy of the 2022 season, George, it is almost blasphemy that the Packers would be trading away Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. We spoke with Adam Kaplan last hour who said, yeah, Rodgers probably didn't realize that the Packers were going to trade him when he agreed to his deal uh, to, to come back and get paid a lot a lot a lot of money but he was reportedly notified as they were making the deal and there was nothing he could do because he signed his contract but i i just i i want to say two things that i i think this really actually helps green bay in more of the long term and i know aaron rogers doesn't care about the long term and i think packer fans don't care about the long term because they don't know about rogers future with the team and who knows maybe he calls it quits after 2022 whatever but i actually think george if Devonte adams was not in their long-term plans that to be able to get a draft pick they could do what the minnesota vikings did and said hey we're going to trade stefan diggs to the buffalo bills and we'll get a first-round pick for it and we will then draft a wide receiver that we don't have to pay you know 25 million dollars to And instead, we'll have this guy on a rookie contract, but then also give Aaron Rodgers another talent. And I know Packer fans are saying, but they never draft talent. They never draft wide receivers in the first round. There's a time and place for everything. And I think when you see a division rival have success with that, why not try it yourself? And if you draft that wide receiver that becomes a star in the National Football League, especially in his rookie year, which we've seen wide receivers do. That may entice Aaron Rodgers to stick around even longer. I don't blame Green Bay for making this deal, and I actually think it could say more about what? wanting to keep Aaron Rodgers around more long-term Are you if you nuts? make the right
7: draft pick in April. You're not You're not being serious. Yep. You're actually the, not being serious. They, they, okay, they could be so extending
6: their how? window, and the success that they've had in, the first round, in, their, in their draft picks, sans Jordan Love, which still, if it motivated Rodgers, it was worth the first-round pick. I think this could extend Roger, Stan, Green Bay even more if things end up working out and you have a nice young wide receiver talent available.
7: Dan, you are not
6: serious right now, right? Listen, you're paying a lot of money for two guys. And I just, I know Cooper Cup had an amazing year. And it was one of the no, first I just times that we've seen do, a wide receiver actually no, no, play no, a part no. <coughs> in, in a top-tier wide receiver play a part in a Super Bowl championship. But wide receivers and Super Bowls usually aren't connected to each other. I'm saying that you're saying
7: that, that the Packers are better off with Aaron Rodgers with drafting rookie wide receivers. Okay. So
6: that's what – I just want to be clear. That's what you're – saying correct I'm not saying for the immediacy of 2022 but if you have the success oh, with oh, a rookie okay, like, cool. like whoever they draft in 2022 would probably not put up the numbers that Devontae Adams would have however okay, cool. that receiver could be accomplished enough that could allow Aaron Rodgers to be like you know what I'm going to stick around here a little bit longer okay
7: so wh- how many years has Aaron Rodgers been been in the league oh gosh 18 Okay. So how many more years do you think Aaron Rodgers has has left? I don't know, 2 or 3. Okay, so how do you think drafting a rookie wide receiver is going to keep him around longer? Like, if you think he's got two or three more years hey, left, maybe that means four. sure. <laughs> stop it, Dan. You know that the logic is completely flawed. Once I put it like that, that doesn't even make any sense. That you're going to give him rookie wide receivers that are going to take a couple years to be, you know, good top tier wide wide receivers. Come on, man! Like whoever he gets is not going to be uh,
6: Justin Jefferson. Or how do you know? How do you know that there, it's a it's a good receiving crop in the draft? Yes, it's but... a very good receiving crop. Oh, you know, if you could, you have. I mean, you could. What the Packers have two first round picks? You could use two of those on wide receivers. Okay, even 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 if they're good, the the the
7: likelihood of them being a a Justin Jefferson is low. Would you Would you agree with that? Even if even if or or Jamar Chase, because they're for sure not going to get a Jamar Chase because they're big because those guys go very, very high in
6: the draft. Yes, they pick 22nd and they pick 28th.
7: Yeah. So so they're not going to get a Jamar. I'm sorry, a uh, Jamar Chase. Could they get a Justin Jefferson? I guess technically, yes, because of where he was drafted. But the but the reality of that possibility is low.
6: That's what I'm saying. But it, it, I don't know if it's low, George. It's not a guarantee, is what I would say. It's not a guarantee to do that. However, the amount that they were going to have to pay Devontae Adams and how much he wanted and how he wanted to do his contract is something that they weren't willing to do. No, 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 so, no, 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 no,
7: no. No, there, there was r- reports that they actually offered him more than the uh, than the Raiders did, and he still said no. He just
6: didn't want to be there. Because he was turned off from what Adam Kaplan said early from the early negotiations that he had with them. I just think this, uh, for as much flack as Brian Gutekunst gets for the drafting of Jordan Love, the draft picks that they did make and that they have hit on have been successful enough to allow Packer fans to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, in finding another talent. And listen i i like i like the situation in baltimore when remember john harbaugh was actually on the hot seat and then uh lamar jackson comes in and takes over and breathes new life into that organization the packers have kind of needed new life in that organization so mike mccarthy went out matt lafleur comes in and now rogers and lafleur seem to have a pretty good relationship a very good relationship it seems like you know what yeah, Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams, but guess what? Maybe you find your new target. Some of the Rodgers can, can mentor and you're not paying nearly as much. Just again, like the Minnesota Vikings did. And I, I, I give Gutekunst the opportunity to make that pick. I think it's a better long-term play than saying, will franchise take Devontae Adams again, making him play one season and then he'll leave. Doing this actually I think allows them to have Aaron Rodgers be around longer and make him happier. It's so the way it is, George. I know it's not popular, but hey, you draft that star, you draft that star wide receiver, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is like, wow, I get to play with this, you know, freak. Look out. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's George Reister. Thinks I'm crazy. I'm Dan yes. Bayer. This is what's going on in the NCAA tournament. Michigan State leads Duke, 70 to 69. left to go in that contest in Greenville, South Carolina. Iowa State's up on Wisconsin, 27-26 at the half, while Notre Dame and Texas Tech are just underway. Early lead for the Fighting Irish, 5-4, two minutes into that one. We'll give you the conclusion of what's happening between Duke and Michigan State. Plus, we'll check in with Aaron Torres, our college basketball insider and Fox Sports Radio host on what's happened in the tournament and what could happen as well later on today in the tournament and so much more. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister, You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Could this be Coach K's last game? You'll find out next year on Fox Sports Radio.
1: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple
6: Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Coach K may live to see another day. Jeremy Roach, a big three to put Duke up by four in Michigan State's backcourt turning it over. So Duke has the basketball now at the free throw line up four in their second round game in Greenville, South Carolina, 78 to 74, 59.4 seconds left to go. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. I'm nervous, Dan. I'm nervous. Why? Bet
7: wise or what? Yeah, I I got I got Michigan State plus nine and a half, and
6: I'm sweating it right now. (laughs) You felt good maybe two minutes ago. Yes,
7: right now. Two minutes ago, I just felt good, and now I feel and now I'm like
6: clutching everything. You know, I was thinking to myself when Michigan State took the lead on. Listen, the, the the route that the committee gave Duke and a lot of people said Duke didn't deserve a two seed, that they were more of a three seed. Tennessee should have uh, gotten the two. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. It was now even though we talked about seeding earlier, what's happened has happened. What I did love from the committee, though, is they say, all right, you're going to not only have to go and face Tom Izzo in the second round if Michigan State advanced, which they did in Michigan State. But now you're going to have to maybe face a team like Texas Tech or – In this scenario, even though Notre Dame won a couple of games, your former assistant, Mike Bray, in the uh, Sweet 16. And then, to get to the Final Four, you're going to have to face Gonzaga. Even though you beat them (laughs) earlier in the season, that's what you're going to need to do, Coach K, if you want to go out uh, with a Final Four appearance. Like, the road that they gave Duke had a lot of different storylines, but it sure wasn't easy. Not that any of these roads are easy, George, but when you lay out like this road, you're like, oh, okay, it could be a little bit more. More, uh, a little bit more difficult than maybe uh, what some would have imagined. To yeah, have a face an ISO team in the second round is never fun.
7: But a lot of people see see like here is here is where people when they get all upset about seeding, right? Like if you are a, a a team like you know Tennessee, who people put up, including Clay, put up so much. Oh God, belly aching over over Tennessee, right? So would Tennessee rather have been a two seed and faced this situation that Duke is facing?
6: Sure. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. And that like their road if you look, well now Tennessee's home and they can look at all their road, but yeah, would you rather have faced a three seed in Texas Tech if chalk held as opposed to a two seed in Villanova? Yeah, I'd probably rather face Villanova to be honest with you. I wouldn't want yeah. to yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to have to face Texas Tech.
7: Yeah, so. to to face Michigan State then Texas Tech, then you get Gonzaga. Like, okay, okay, tell me tell, tell me which, which <laughs> road sounds harder.
6: Oh, I, yeah, the, the, the Duke road is a little bit more difficult. They are up six, 80 to 74. You know, I thought when, when the point I was going to make, too, is how many coaches across the country would love to be in Tom Izzo's shoes. You know, Tom Izzo, he's an all-class guy, and obviously Pay has a ton of respect for Coach K, but anybody who's in the profession – Would love to be the one to deliver the final loss, right? Like you talk about, you talk about like wanting to, wanting to like put your staple. You could always hang that one on the mantle because that's a one of one. Like I was the one to give Coach K his final loss. Nobody yeah. else is going to be able to do that. So you oh, know that every coach in the country would love to be in the spot that Tommaso was in, except Oh, and, and especially if they've
7: left. been going against each other for so many years. Oh, thank God, a basket! I'm I'm
6: safe now. I I, I hope. <laughs> It's 80 to 76. Again, uh, Duke on top of Michigan State with 40 seconds to go. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. No one does sports like Vegas, and the excitement is endless. So make sure to plan your trip today at Visit Las Vegas. Dot com. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. I want to make one other point: as Duke is playing here, then we'll get the latest from David Gascon, and uh, then check in with Aaron Torres, our college basketball insider and Fox Sports Radio host. the The role of Gonzaga in this tournament—it's funny because Duke's playing now. Kentucky's been ousted. We talk about brand names, and honestly, I don't think brand names matter as much as people think they matter in the tournament. It's exciting to watch Duke and Michigan State. It's in this prime spot right now. And obviously with everything that's going on with Coach K, it is must-watch TV. But Gonzaga has carved themselves out such a such a role in college basketball, George, as this uh, – you talk about brands. And when college basketball is kind of – it's difficult to have a dominant team. And I think that we're going to continue to see this. But Gonzaga's role in being that and being the team that plays in the West Coast Conference uh, is in, in the top five year after year, gets the best of the best when it comes to recruits. Their ability to be that, I don't want to say new brand, but their storyline is uh, in the tournament is as much as any other school, if not more like that game last night against Memphis was must see TV. Yeah, well, and imagine saying that twenty years ago that Gonzaga Memphis was must see TV, even before the game was played. Like during it, it was a magnificent game between the two teams. But just a thinking of those two brands and thinking of that, but that is what Gonzaga is done. And I listen. I think if they played in the Big Ten, they played in the SEC, they played in the ACC, they'd still win those conferences. They may not go nineteen and one in the Big Ten, but they would win the Big Ten because of the talent and the games that they have. But their their nature of being in the West Coast Conference of of playing a very very tough non-conference schedule but then being able to navigate their league the, that whole narrative and of their brand and being in the bracket is as much about the tournament as any other team in the last 20 years and i just find it fascinating.
7: Oh no, no no, no. it definitely is. Um i when i i just don't get too caught up in a lot of things that a lot of other other people do. I just say when like, like, sure. just, just, just stop, stop crying about your circumstances, because, because if you get to worried about your, your seeding and, and all of that, then you're actually taking your focus away from, away from your team and what it needs to be on. Just go out there and ball. If you, if you go out there and win games, it shouldn't matter who you line up against, because this is the NCAA tournament. Every game can be hard. You just don't know which games are going to be hard based upon how your style matches up with with their style. So, look, listen. I mean, if, if if you're Gonzaga, wouldn't you like to play against a team with no tall people, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> then, then, like like a team that has all guard play and no, no big big men, what? then you just Dump it down to Drew Timmy and um, and Chet Holmgren yeah. uh, and score all the points and get all the rebounds. I mean, the, that's the way you can, should craft it, but that's not what happens with the tournament.
6: Well, they they by the way they they can play at that pace as well. Like even though they're taller, they they'll play at a pace that that plays ninety. I just am so amazed at how the brand. I mean, of really of now what it means to the tournament. I mean, we we have these silly conversations. Oh, this is going to be good for ratings. This is not. Who cares? I mean, I think it's such a fake and non important argument. I just roll my eyes whenever I see it. But to 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 just understanding the importance of Gonzaga, I think is is something that needed to be uh, noted. All right, let's get an update on these games. Then Aaron Torres on the other side of David Gascon. All right, Dave, what do we got going on? Does George need to sweat with that Michigan State bet?
10: I don't know, but never say sweat when you're not the only one that's betting on a game, George. How about Ooh,
6: that? D- how about Dave that? on the other side of that? No, I'm actually oh. on
10: the same side. Okay, but, all right. But they got a foul, and they're going to foul, but they also need to make some shots, too. So, George, temper that a bit, all right, please? And what I don't know how you... What
7: do you, mean? you I, Dude, I, I, I'm dude, saying you're not the I know only that, one that that has on this i'm saying i know that that part of it is coming the the foul part of it yeah. and the most important part of the foul part of it is that you have to make shots of your own so it as long as michigan state continues to make shots i don't care i mean, there's no guarantee that they will how did you get nine and a half by the way i caught it in in game Oh, all right. Uh, when when Michigan State was down five points in the first half, it bumped up to nine and a half. I was like, dang, I, I was banging the button. I was like, <laughs> come on, let it in.
10: Oh, man. Well, we'll find out here in a couple seconds. Duke leads right now over Michigan State, 81-76. 16 and a half seconds to play in regulation. Duke is at the free throw line. It'll be a double bonus from here on out. Iowa State trailing Wisconsin now 28 to 27. Texas Tech 13-10 over Notre Dame. That ball game just got underway. Two games in the books already. Villanova beat Ohio State. Houston moving along to the Sweet 16, 68 to 53 over Illinois. Uh, National Football League, Lyle Collins goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Rashad Penny one more year in Seattle. And the Major League Baseball, Trevor Story has a six-year deal in place with the Boston Red Sox for $140 million. Right now, guys, it is 83-76. Michigan State is down. Final seconds to this sucker. It is... Close to being
6: right oh, thank you very much, David Gascon. Joining us now on Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer Is Aaron Torres? Aaron, we tried to plan this for Duke, Michigan State. Then they started ten minutes late because the other games that that ended up going long. Even though they're not playing in the same arena, they had to do it for TV. We appreciate your patience. How are you doing on this second round Sunday of the NCAA tournament?
12: So are you calling me the Mike Krzyzewski of radio guests? Everything got rearranged on uh, my account here. Is that what you're
6: telling me? Yes, exactly.
12: Absolutely. I like the sound of that. I mean, I know some people don't like Coach K,
6: but I'll take it. I'll take it. Coach T. So Duke is 3.9 seconds left. George's plus nine and a half actually is going to uh, maybe oh, maybe survive. Oh man, bro! It, but oh, let, let me see, let me let me ask this. This, this is how you
7: end up on bad, bad bad beats. They're going to the free throw line up up seven, and then they'll get like an offensive rebound, and it'll fly in the basket or
6: something. <laughs> so it's going to be a nine point spread. We believe, and that is uh, is going to be the case. Aaron, how good? Take away a possible matchup with Texas Tech or Notre Dame in the next round, and then if they would meet Gonzaga or maybe Arkansas in the Elite Eight, is this Duke team a Final Four caliber team without taking into their matchups that they may face um, along the way? Is this a Duke Final Four caliber team?
12: Well, I mean, you just look at the NBA mock draft boards. Um, the answer is yes. I mean, I don't think they'll get five guys in the first round this year, which would tie a record. But I think they're going to have four, uh, and I think they're they're probably going to have a fifth guy that's right on the cusp there. And so, yeah, I think so. And and listen, you know, I think that, um, you know, the one thing, and and we all follow sports, and, and we we overanalyze this, that, the other thing. What did Doug Gottlieb tell you and I, Dan, the other day? Is you look at teams that win the championship. They got at least one dude that's going to be on an NBA roster next season, and usually two or three, and usually it's the best player on the floor. And so, yeah, I absolutely think they they do have a a Final Four caliber team, Um, and I was actually impressed down the stretch there, because there was a moment where Michigan State made a big play, and... Duke grabs the ball and runs down court, and there's about two, two-and-a-half minutes left. And I, I thought at that moment, okay, they're playing like a bunch of freshmen. They're going to blow this. And instead, it was the exact opposite. They they stayed poised. They made the, they made the winning play. So uh, this weirdly gives me maybe a little bit more optimism. I mean, obviously, we know how good Michigan State is historically. But, yes, to answer your question, absolutely, they're good enough.
7: Yeah, and and I'm wondering – uh, when when people get to talking about seeding, Aaron, I, I, and, and I think that you're probably with with me on this. That yes, sometimes you can have some element of seeding issues as it relates to the uh, tur- tournament. But for the most part, people just need to stop crying about it and go win games.
12: Well, at a certain point, I agree. Um, Listen, I I think you can be frustrated if the committee and the powers that be are telling you this is what you have to do to do this, Um, whether it is get a one seed, get in the tournament, get off the bubble, whatever. Uh, But I also do think, like, at a certain point, you just got to move on. And and it was really interesting, and I don't think it played a factor. But even to see Rick Barnes, veteran Tennessee head coach, uh, Monday, Tuesday of last week, I mean, we're talking 48 hours before they tipped off, talking still about – the injustice of their seating and why are we playing games on Sundays and all that. Um, I I think the committee was wrong. I don't think Duke should have been a two, but it's not as though they got an easy matchup. I mean, Michigan State— yeah, exactly. So, you know, Michigan State, like I said, I, I, this wasn't a banner year for them, but I do think they were playing pretty well down the stretch. Beat Purdue late in the regular season, easily could have beat in Purdue in the conference tournament, beat Wisconsin in the conference tournament. So yeah, to answer your question, George, I agree. I, I understand it's a conversation for us on that Sunday, Monday coming out of the bracket show, but these teams got to move on and move on quick.
7: So if you were Tennessee and Rick Barnes, who was complaining about this, would you rather have Longwood, Michigan, or would you rather have Cal State, Fullerton, Michigan State, and probably Texas Tech? And then Gonzaga
12: you know listen once you get to the second weekend I, I do think that Tennessee had the much tougher draw with Villanova and then potentially Arizona or even that Houston team that looked awesome but it's kind of your point George right is like you know we were having a, a, a debate at this time last week if Michigan should even be in the field and so again once you get to the second round I will say most of these games have been really competitive really fun really good but Michigan was by any tangible measurement if you're just laying out the teams in this field um, you you know, one of the probably four to five to six, obviously not the last four, but probably five to six last teams in this field. They win their opener against a mid major team that they had a distinct size advantage against. But it's not as though Michigan isn't a team that you saw all season long in the SEC, a Michigan caliber team. So it's a great point by you is like you, you can't really complain when you're Tennessee when I would argue that that Duke, the team that you wanted their spot, had a tougher, tougher matchup here in the second round.
6: Aaron Torres joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Also check out the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. So time for fill in the blank. Most impressive team over the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament has been
12: blank. How would you fill Ooh. that blank? Mm.
6: I'm trying I know to put you who- on the
12: spot, but. No, I'm I'm trying to think who you know. Yesterday Gonzaga, I I, I wasn't overwhelmed. You know, I mean, listen, Houston, they're not going to win. What's that?
6: I said Houston
7: or I'll, I'll, here.
6: Hold on,
12: let me North let me Carolina. let me do this. Yeah, this
6: is who I thought could be candidates: St. Peter's, North Carolina, Houston, Providence. That's who okay. I. That's who I threw Michigan as well. Those those were the ones that I thought through the first two rounds could be candidates.
12: Well, no, and 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 I would say. You know, I have a little bias. I love watching Houston. I just think that they're like so just – they're tough. They play their game. They don't care. Uh, but, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, for history's sake, I think it's St. Peter's. Um, and it's something Jason Martin and I were talking about on our air last night is like – we've seen pretty big upsets before, obviously all sorts of upsets, but generally what happens is what happened to Richmond yesterday is you, you, you empty the tank to get that first win. Uh, That was a a direct quote from uh, Iowa Sam, a text message earlier today, which he is correct (laughs) on and you empty the tank. And then the next day you don't show up. And so, listen, I, I go back to selection Sunday going into this first weekend I actually looked into St. Peter's a fair amount because Kentucky wasn't playing well, and I just said, is this going to be close? Am I missing something? There was nothing about St. Peter's, a team that averaged 66 points per game, negative assist to turnover ratio, didn't start a player taller than 6 foot 7, that said, okay, this is an upset candidate. I mean, you even go back to last year Oral Roberts is a 15 seed. They have the nation's leading score. I mean, like there was the scenario where you say, okay, if that guy goes off, that could be bad news for the team that they're playing. And so I I go back to St. Peter's, there was nothing that led me to believe that the Kentucky game was going to be even competitive, let alone the second game yesterday in which they beat Murray State. So, I'll give them their due. Um, you know, I I, I don't know exactly how they've done it, but I, but you got to give them credit where it's due. The the deserving team, you know, they're they're in the Sweet 16, and I don't think you can look at either one of those games and say they weren't deserving of the win.
7: Yeah, and as we look at that St. Peter's team in, in particular, their coach Shaheen Holloway was a McDonald's All-American and MVP of the game. He he, he personally hit a game winner against my Oregon Ducks in 2000. Mm-hmm. Now he's leading this team, and they seem to be very, very well coached. I mean, like, and, and I hate the idea that St. Peter's is going to lose such a good head coach, but he has to be a candidate for some big-time head coaching jobs after this year, right?
12: Well, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure you saw George, but you know, Friday night late in San Diego, um, you know, Seton Hall loses by a million um, and Kevin Willard is asked. Kevin Willard's been linked to the Maryland job forever. And he's asked about the Maryland job and he says, well, you know, I'm i I'm going to go talk with my agent, but let me tell you, if Shaheen Holloway replaces me as coach here, that would be the highlight of my career. And it was like, that's a really weird way to answer it. Now, (laughs) I will say like I've asked some people about it, and and I think what he was trying to do was, you know how it is, when any of these jobs come open, everybody's trying to get their guy in, their buddy in. There's obviously going to be plenty of coaches with Northeast and Big East ties. But to answer your question, I mean, if his alma mater opens and he, you know, this isn't just, he made the tournament. It's a feel good story. They won games there. And to your point, George, they look like the better prepared team. I mean, me and Dan talked about it on air on Friday. Like the thing that stood out to me about that Kentucky game, one team came in with a game plan specifically built to beat the team that was on the other side of the court. And one came in that looked like they just thought they could show up, toss the ball up and be ready to go. So, it's not just that he made the tournament. It's not just that he's an alum of Seton Hall, which will almost certainly open up here over the next probably 48 hours or so. It's the idea that, you know, he's shown how good he is, that he can match wits with John Calipari, that he can match wits with another, you know, uh, mid major coach that everybody has pegged for a high major job, Matt McMahon from Murray State. And at this point, I think Seton Hall, you know, their AD would have to have, to have a pretty darn good explanation if that job opens up and Shaheen Holloway is not the next head coach at
6: Seton Hall. He's Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio host and college basketball analyst, also host of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Find him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Thanks for the time, Aaron. Always great to talk to you. And uh, blame Coach K for the delayed entry on the show. (laughs)
12: All right, well, I'm just glad they're still in it. I mean, that's the biggest topic that we can possibly have in this tournament. And the NFL already hijacked enough of this tournament from me. So <laughs> give me Coach K in round two or, or the second weekend. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
6: Thanks, man. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. A number three seed has their backs against the wall in the second half. We'll give you the latest of what's happening in the tournament next year on Fox Sports Radio
1: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
6: or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. Here's what's going on in the NCAA tournament right now. Iowa State leads Wisconsin 36 30. So, the 11 seeded Cyclones up by six as they just hit the under-12 TV timeout, while in San Diego, Texas Tech is on top of Notre Dame in another three eleven matchup. This time, though, the three-seed has the lead 24-20 with under two minutes to go. It's been a unique three days as we are now in, uh, well, I guess it's six, technically, since we had the first four on Tuesday and Wednesday. But really, George, over these last three days, Thursday, bunch of upsets, Friday, chalk kind of holds, Saturday, when you get the second-round games from the first-round games, you have St. Peter's advancing, as we talked about, Michigan advances to the Sweet 16, a little bit more chaos there, North Carolina dumping a top-seed Baylor. You had uh, upsets on Saturday, but today so far we've had chalk with Duke prevailing, we've had chalk with Villanova beating Ohio State, and then Houston wins the 5-4 matchup over Illinois point that i want to make or just get your thoughts we've got a couple of games going on right now we've got auburn miami later arizona takes on tcu and texas and purdue do you think that the top seeds are able to hold their own and advance to the sweet 16 like they did friday pretty much in the first round or do you think we'll see a little chaos in tonight's later games
7: oh i think we will see a little, little bit chaos but the one team that you will be able to count on is arizona you will you will be able to count on them because they are cutting
6: down the nets at the end of the day. No, I think TC, TCU is. I mean, put a hurting on Seton Hall. I They're don't gonna think it'll be some doors off of, off of TCU. A, we'll we'll see about that. The Auburn Miami game should be unique, and as Iowa Sam knows in our off air conversations, I'm just not a believer in Purdue. And the, it's set up for Purdue. I mean, it really is. You beat Texas today. You got St. Peter's coming up in the Sweet 16, and then you'd face North Carolina or UCLA. Like it, it sets up so much for Purdue. But but nice things don't happen to Purdue basketball. It just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen for them. And I'm not a believer. And I just wonder on when that curveball is going to come for the Boilermakers. And I wonder if it's going to be tonight uh, after in Milwaukee against this Texas squad. Uh, we shall see. Any, uh, any, any. You, wait, you had Arizona. Never mind. You had Arizona uh, routing TCU and then going all the way to the national championship.
7: Yep. And it, shout been, out to South Dakota. Get ready to take down number two Baylor in the women's tournament. Uh,
6: uh, he's George Reister. Get him on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. And a big uh, sorry to Iowa Sam, who not only had to see his Iowa Hawkeyes lose on Thursday in the men's bracket, but it saw them lose today in the women's bracket to Creighton. As you, Creighton Dan. is now on their way to <laughs> the Sweet 16. So for George Reister and Ryan Bershinger, Iowa Sam and David Gascon, I'm Dan Beyer. This has been Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the games.
3: start listening.